Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hi Moose. Hey Cat. What was it you wanted to talk about? Well, what I wanted to talk about is I had a bit of a, a I have been having a bit of a revelation in the season of life about what I um no longer am going to call crushes. Um, because I, I need a new name for what it is. I have figured out, like, I do this thing. Okay, I'm just going to talk about this thing that I do. Good, because it needs to be broken down. Well, it, it really does need to be broken down for my own self. And this might save me like four therapy sessions. So if that's the case, then a cha-ching. Um, so I find that um, one of the things I've been learning in school, um, when we're talking about the different energy flows in the body, for example, there are some energy flows that are more like um, kind of day in and day out, like every two hours, your, your lung energy moves to your large intestine energy. And then that moves into your spleen energy. And that's like, it's kind of like a Taoist philosophy way of the body's energy doing what it does. That is not my point. There are other flows called, um, the extra meridians or strange flows. And some of them have to do with sexuality and spirituality. And they talk about how um, how oftentimes sexuality and spirituality can be kind of interchanged. And I think that because I am a Scorpio, I think I am naturally like minded like a 14 year old dude. And I think about things from a sexual perspective a lot. So whenever something happens in my life where I feel like, oh, I'm like really attracted to that thing, I automatically think, well, it must mean that I want to have sex with that thing. Yeah, you do. And you also want to marry that person usually. And yeah, you know, I think yeah, that's where you would really do well and thrive in like a nudist colony that has multiple <laughs> marriages. A uh, 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 poly polyagamous or something like that. Polyamorous, polyamorous. Yeah, yeah, polyamorous. I don't think I would do well there because I think I would get my feelings hurt by my partners wanting to choose other partners other than me. So I don't think it would actually work. Well, then what you need to be is a man in a polyamorous situation. So you get to determine who your partner. That you know, it's like you and your partners. They don't get to touch each other. Okay, so I'm going to move to Utah is what you're telling me and start a new episode of Sister Wives. Absolutely. I, by the way, absolutely love that show. I'm not kidding. I'm obsessed with it. Keep going. Oh, man, I haven't watched it in years. Um, so here's what I think that I, I have realized is that I, I am an Enneagram 2 with a three wing, and I am relentlessly in pursuit and enamored by and completely, quote unquote, crushed out by um, our fours and our fives, our Enneagram four and fives. And I think that that is because I am, have a really, really intense attraction to intellect. I really love when someone knows a lot about a certain thing. And so when I think about the people in my life who are extremely intelligent about a certain thing, all of those people in my life are people who I have been confused. Do I have a crush on them? Do I love them? Do I want to marry them? Like, what is the thing? And I think that what I'm realizing is that my spirit, like my actual spirit and the spirit, like – 
when you say namaste, the God in me sees the God in you. I think that I am actually really attracted to the God in other people. And I think that God can show him or her or themselves um, through knowledge. I think that's one of the many ways that that God shows um who who they are. And so all of that to say is my latest crush has been my dog's vet. Like I I just cannot even be in the same room with her and not <laughs> feel like I am going to step across the room and make some inappropriate advance toward her and absolutely freak her out. And so I started thinking about it after visiting with her this morning. She looks me in the eye. She does not break eye contact whatsoever. She is physically absolutely beautiful. Um, What I think that I am the most attracted to with her is her knowledge of my dog's body and how she articulates that from an intellectual medical standpoint. I think all this is complete bullshit. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No, I feel like I've finally like, like, this had a revelation. De- this is the delegative. Is that the word? Dele- What's the word? Delegative. Likely to delegate. The quality of being someone who delegates work or responsibility to others. Empowering and trusting in leadership. Delegative. Delegatory? <laughs> not delegate what are you i'm a delegator no 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 like when you when you like tell people why there's a reason what is that phrase that drives me crazy uh an excuse no 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 come on what am i trying to say okay anyway that didn't work but Here's the reality is like, I'm sitting here and I, if I could, well, patrons will see me rolling my eyes back in my head. I do agree you're attracted to smarts, but I'm over here giggling. Keep going. Well, you just said that everything I'm saying is bullshit. So why should I keep going? (laughs) Okay. So she, so she told you about Bell Bell's, her insides and scientific things. Yeah. And and I thought to myself, like, I value that so much. Like, I value the fact that she has got intellect and knowledge about a thing that I don't understand and has a way to communicate it to me so that I do understand it. And then looks at me and offers a really nice long pause and says, do you have any other questions for me? And I'm like, well, if I could get out of the spell of your gaze for one moment to be able to even use my brain and think about my questions, I might have questions. And I think what that is, is I actually think that that's like a spiritual manifestation thing that's going on, because in actual reality, I do not want to make out with or have sex with or do anything appropriate with my dog's vet. I really don't. I really don't. I mean, but if she offered... (laughs) <laughs> i mean gosh like this this would be I, I i really can't even imagine a world in which that would happen so i'm not going to even try to i what, think i what would if awkwardly she put, what follow- if she put her finger in one of your curls and started twirling it <laughs> i think i might go oh what's happening i'm really dumb and fat so you don't want to do this well first of all <laughs> like- that's not true so put kathy away Here's here's how I describe Scorpios, and I can't describe any other um, astrological sign, so don't have me try. But just just I, mine. The, when I think of Scorpios, I picture you 
outside in my neighborhood, completely naked. And you have both hands on your hips, like, but back on your like booty hips. And you just walk forward with your, with your undercarriage leading the way. be farther than the truth of the actual reality that I live in. (laughs) Like I don't live in a world where that is even like remotely uh, a description of my life. No, I'm not saying you would actually do that. I'm saying that's how Scorpios look for other people (laughs) is with, with their pelvis forward. And I guess what I'm saying is that if I actually think of the act taking place, it terrifies me. And so that's what makes me think it's something deeper. It's something deeper than just like, you know, as, as our man friends would say, like leading with your dick, you know, it's like, this is not, this is not that I am not literally seeking out multiple sexual partners because they're smart. Like that's not what's going on. We need need a form on the website that just says like meet cat. And like, basically if you're, you're just immediately rejected unless you're like a four or a five, we just like put you in a pile. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, I I really felt like I had stumbled upon a holy revelation about myself, and you have done a good job of debunking that. So thanks. Well, I, I actually, as much as I'm teasing you, I get in the same mode with people. There's that weird thing where you get on that same wavelength, mm-hmm. and it always seems to be in a doctor's office. <laughs> Do you remember me calling you a few years back and telling you about a doctor I had that I could not go see anymore because Oh, I do. Every time I looked them in the eye, I just yes. like like they would say like, "Where in your stomach is it hurting?" And I would be like, huh, "Yes, Lord. Do you want to make love to me?" <laughs> and I would just slowly lay back on the doctor's table like, "Fine, take me now." <laughs> Go ahead and fondle my belly. <laughs> I do know what you mean, though. I, I That is my number one attraction is not only people who are smart, because I care less about like, oh, and I know you do, too. I know what you're saying. It's not like I'm like, oh, I love a good history buff. It's nothing like that. But, but I would. Yeah. I had a phone call uh, with an artist earlier this week that I don't work with currently, but um, I just their name just kept coming up, kept coming up in the past two months. So I, um, I had enough of a relationship with them just to reach out and check on them, but it was a similar situation. This person was like, um, really on a spiritual journey and really, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were talking about how the phrase deconstruction in the Christian world. Mm-hmm. And this person said, um, Something like, I'm not here to criticize the church. I'm here for my own journey. And I was just like, oh, like I felt like I was just, I mean, it was like an hour conversation. And I, I felt so like rejuvenated to, to be on the same page as somebody. Mm-hmm. And we had multiple topics we were talking about, but I just mm-hmm. felt so like connected, you know? And yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like my... Uh, we both have this romantic piece to us that mm-hmm. why can't it just stay in 
the category that that person's role is in our life. Like, no, they can't just stay a veterinarian. Right. Absolutely not. Right. And the reality is that the likelihood of me establishing any sort of relationship with my veterinarian (laughs) other than her being my dog's veterinarian is is like there's like a zero percent likelihood of that. Right. Yeah. And it wouldn't matter if they were male, female or otherwise. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm thinking of a person who um, came and sat in on uh, one of the classes that I'm taking in school recently, and this gentleman was very charismatic. He carried a very like strong, positive energy with him. And one of the things that he said to another classmate, the other classmate was was saying to him, how come you get to come in and audit this class when I have been told that it is not allowed to come in and audit a class you've already taken? And And this man said to her, because I'm special and I know I'm special and I expect to be treated as a special person. And I thought, I'm in love with you. (laughs) Yeah. Like I am absolutely 100% going to jump your bones before the end of this day. And the reality is, is no, I'm not going to do that. And I didn't do that. And that would have been super inappropriate and weird. And in somehow in, in my finite little human mind, the the spiritual connect i'm assuming it's a spiritual connection the spiritual connection that happens there is somehow equated to um sexual relations and what i'd like to do in my line of of healing and my journey of healing is i would like to begin to disconnect those things because i am tired of being disappointed that i can't have sex with everybody i have a crush on <laughs> I was getting ready to say, what if it is just a sexual connection? (laughs) Because that's real too. No, there's no way. No, I'm being serious. Like, it's so interesting. You know, like I, I was recently around somebody that was discussing how they had multiple sexual partners and all these different things. And I was just like, my mouth, (laughs) I was like a granny. Like my mouth was (laughs) dropped open and I was like, how are you just talking about this? And then secondly, which great, you know, like there's no judgment there. But then secondly, I'm like, I'm a grandma. Like I mm-hmm. have to know that my heart is connected and that you will never leave me and mm-hmm. that I I have you've put a ring on it mm-hmm. and all the things, yeah, right? Yeah. Um and yet I'm like, maybe you just need to make out with them. <laughs> again like like i like i this is my signature thing that only patrons are going to be able to see but i know you and sarah know this i always say when i connect with someone like and you're really close and you're just like wow like everything you're saying is just incredible like this is what i want to do to them I, just I have, lean in a little bit, mouth <laughs> open. Like, I mean, I'm just going to put myself out there and see where this goes, even if it's in public. <laughs> I have metaphorically done that 900,000 times in my life. And I'm so glad yeah. that it's not something that really happens. Oh, by the way, Sarah said I have to tell you guys what, what I did. Actually, no, just become a patron and you get to see it. It was two seconds of beautiful time. I mean, it really was. It, it's a, it is a uh, gesture that I have become familiar with because I've known you for more than 25, what, 25 years, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I yeah. know the moose tongue forward gesture. <laughs> I'm tongue forward and your pelvis forward. <laughs> Okay, I, I got to tell you, you know how you always talk about um, 
like your biggest fear in life besides failing is um orange theory oh man i think it's the worst like like can you explain it for our our listeners i don't think we've ever really unpacked it i don't know that it deserves to be unpacked but i but yes i will because i am actually going to have a medically induced stress test tomorrow so good well (laughs) you that's a follow-up from i never knew so listeners who heard about that awful test you went through You're going to have it just shoot through your veins. This <laughs> yeah, time. Pretty much. It's like <laughs> you're you're so out of shape and fat that you have to <laughs> medically make my heart go fast enough to tell you if something is wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not true. But uh, OK, so Orange Theory, you're kind of afraid of that. I mean, you're actually afraid of like somebody secretly dragging you there and you have to show up and you know, what, what are you, what do you think is going to happen when you go in there? Well, I I know what's going to happen. Here's, (laughs) here's what happens at orange theory is what they do is they, um, talk you through, um, getting ultimately your heart into the, the rhythmic pattern of being in quote unquote, like the orange zone. So like if your heart's in the red zone, your heart's beating too fast, it's dangerous. Like that's, that's not okay. That's like AFib type stuff. We don't want to be in the red zone. And when your heart's in the green zone, it's just like when you're sitting down, you know, it's like, oh, you're at rest when you're in the yellow zone. It's like, oh, okay, I'm kind of walking. I'm, I'm walking the dog, you know, yada, yada, yada. When you're in the orange zone, it's when your heart is in a place, cardiovascular where it is working out, where it is staying in shape, where it is like doing the work. It's kind of like what I've been emotionally doing for the past year and a half. It's like I've been in the orange zone emotionally. What I'm terrified of is being in the orange zone physically. And that's what they make you do in this place for 45 minutes. That's insane. I know people that go there. There's one right by your house. Oh, it's within walking distance, dare I say. (laughs) I'd be in the red zone by the time I got there. (laughs) Well, I saw this thing on TikTok. I'm not bringing this up for any reason except to say um, this. uh, Sarah, could you just pull it up and we'll watch it and listen to it? Um, It reminded me of you, Kat. And so I just wanted you to watch it and uh, enjoy. Okay. I just want everyone to know that it is an actual sin against God for me to be outside in the sun with no shade if it's above 68 degrees. Nope. Look at me. I went on a three mile hike. Genetically, I'm built to survive like a harsh Irish winter as a Renaissance peasant. I'm supposed, (laughs) that's my, that's my culture. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm like 50% potato, (laughs) you know, 50% beluga whale. If you put me in the depths of the Arctic and we're like, do your best, I'd be like, what a lovely hotel. Perhaps (laughs) I'll start writing the next great American novel. But no, but no, I was like, I've been stressed. I've been stressed. So maybe I'll, I'll go outside, you know, I'll go outside and I'll do exercise. What a idiot. What is her name? I want to give her credit. Devry Bren at Devry Bren. You are freaking hysterical. I mean, sister, you are our people. Like if you or any of your people listen to the podcast, will you please let us interview you about your hike? Like (laughs) I I would love to do that because I feel like I need to revisit the hike I took with my therapist during COVID. And and (laughs) 
And it's like, I was working so hard to be able to talk about my feelings, but I couldn't keep up with her. Like she was like, just doing like a casual walk in the woods. And I'm like, and then, and then, and then my feelings, my feelings are really, wow. Okay. Hang on. Hey, could we stop so we can look over there at that bird? Okay. (laughs) Dude, I am the queen of like uh stopping and acting like i'm looking around at nature <laughs> like <laughs> i'm not kidding i went to red rocks a show you know that amazing amphitheater in colorado and uh i can't remember it might have been need to breathe or somebody and i was with my friend and you know there's like crazy amount of stairs that you oh, have yeah. to walk up and plus oh, you're yeah. you know the elevation's crazy and I just about every four steps, I just kept turning around and going, "Oh my God, this is look at beautiful!" <laughs> just look at the audience worshiping right now. It's it's so beautiful. Oh wait, the stars! And I'm like, <laughs> I remember I was at Red Rocks a couple of years ago as well, and I was with um, our associate. Uh, well, it it let's leave that part out. I thought you were going to say our associate pastor. I'm like, do we have one of those? <laughs> if so, they have no, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when you have a certificate where you like are actually a certified oh, pastor? Accreditation. Yeah. No accreditation. <laughs> if there are associate pastor. <laughs> anyway, I was with an associate and we needed to go to, uh, the merchandise tent, which was at the top of the stairs where like most of the people come into the amphitheater. And this person was like walking the stairs in front of me, expecting me to keep up. And I was like, dude, I can't, I cannot do it. And so I literally stopped about every 10 seconds steps and I was like look at the people look at the, look at the people sing to God this is so beautiful let me tell you something I have I've thought about in those moments just throwing myself down the stairs and acting like I had a, I tripped just so I don't have to go any further like I'm like a broken leg is worth the embarrassment over not being able to make it to the top. Yeah, I've I've had an unexplained epileptic seizure and now I have four broken bones. <laughs> and then I die and I'm like, ah, maybe it wasn't worth that. Yeah, it wasn't worth that. Especially when you're gonna come back as like a hiker. Totally, something. yes. Okay, did you hear about the guy this week who uh got swallowed by a whale? Jonah? Exactly. Basically, the real Jonah happened this week. Really? Let me read it to you. So a commer- I'll put this on our Instagram, too. A commercial lobster diver cheated death on Friday after nearly being swallowed by a humpback whale off the coast of Cape Cod. He said, I was in his closed mouth for about 30 to 40 seconds. As I was reading that, I was like, dear God, if that says minutes, I would just be like, yeah, okay. 30 to 40 seconds before he rose to the service and spit me out. I'm very bruised, but I have no broken bones. Isn't that crazy? Well, it is crazy. And it's crazy to me. Also, it makes me think of like criminal trials where where people go, where were you on the night of Tuesday, November 6, 1974? And it's like, okay, that was a really long time ago. Like nobody remembers that. The fact that he was in the mouth of a whale and knew it was 30 to 40 seconds. Come on. Yeah. Like, did he hit his stopwatch that happened to be hanging around his neck? (laughs) This is my whale timer. Let me hit start. (laughs) I got to tell you, though, like, I I think there was an episode a couple weeks ago where 
I gave Jonah some shit that I wasn't sure I believed him, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or whoever wrote yeah. that book in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, now I'm like, maybe it could happen. Well, it sounds like it did happen. And and one of um, a friend of mine said recently something along the lines of what and I think I've said this on the podcast before. So sorry for those of you that that really pay close attention um, It is like, what if all of these spiritual books, like everything from the Tao Te Ching to you know, the Quran to the Bible, like all the different, you know, books. Um, what if they are all just poetic representations of metaphorical understandings of spirituality? I know, like I, I'm asking the same question. Here is something that was interesting though. Um, there's a, a podcast called the liturgists and, uh, Michael Gunger, um, you know, was involved in it. I think he still is. I don't really know. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think it was, he is still. So, um, he, he posted this thing and I will also put this on Instagram. He said, uh, for, for those of you wanting your view and experience of God to get larger, I highly recommend trying to pray and worship God with some other names that you might not be as used to in your own tribe. And he said, some ideas to start with Allah, is it Shiva or Shiva? I don't know. Shiva. And Shakti, which are from different religions. Mm -hmm. And then he said, using other names for God can help reveal the idolatry that is present in our most comfortable constructs of God. If it makes you nervous, just remember that names are just sounds, fingers pointing to the moon. The real God cannot be contained in any form. Same goes with pronouns. Switch them up a bit to make sure your mental models don't solidify into idols. I I think that's really beautiful. And I think that if it freaks you out, that probably means you should consider it. Um, And I just used should, and I don't like to use should. Um, It makes me also think of, you remember our interview um, with our friend and family member, uh, Stacey Frenis from Love Makes Room. Um, She told us about the book called Holy Envy by Barbara Brown Taylor. Yeah. And that's what that book is about. It's like how, how to expand our view of God um, as it pertains to other people who who practice other faiths. And I think that if that is something that you are afraid of, I think you are limiting God. I think you are limiting who God can possibly be if you can't consider that he, she, they happen to be something that is bigger than the God of whatever uh, religion or denomination that you're a part of. And so I would just really love to encourage everybody, consider it, like call me a heretic, like that's fine. I, I, you know, your judgment of me does not change what happens when I die. Right. Right. It's funny because I I have started to use the word divine mm. when I talk about God, like the divine. And, and part of that is like, I picture the phrase divine as like this little blue crystal mm. in the middle of my chest mm. that's in me, mm. you know, like the divine is in me. And I had this conversation with um, a friend uh, last night, actually, talking about how she had never really been able to get her head around Um, God being feminine too. Like Mm -hmm. she was like, I don't know, like the Bible says he and his and everything was father and son. And, and she said, but then I was talking with a friend about in Genesis where it says that God made the man and the woman in his image. Mm -hmm. And she's like, how can it be in his image if there's not a feminine Mm -hmm. um, side? Mm -hmm. And then I said, well, let's take it a step further. And 
although there is feminine and masculine, if you separate gender completely from it, why does that freak people out? Like what if, you know, and, and obviously that can be a bigger cultural conversation, but I just think like when I think of God, honestly, I had a lot of issues growing up with God as the father, mainly because my dad wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that is the case for a lot of people. Um, and part of the reason why there was always just a disconnect for me. And so like, to me, I feel like God is energy and God is like everything that's around us. That is good. Yeah. I, I really, I, I agree with you with a lot of that. And I, I also think too, again, like fear, I think can really rob us of um, being able to really explore the, the curiosity about God or about the divine or about spirit, however you, you choose to, to name God. And I also think too, I think that, you know, what is the worst case scenario if someone is wrong? Like, what if someone is wrong about who God is? What if someone doesn't have a clue, including people who think they know? You know, a lot of times because of mine and your upbringing, you know, it's like we go, oh, the Christians and we're frustrated at the Christians and and all of that. And it's like, okay, well, if that's what your version of God is, then how about I just don't hold judgment? about that. How about I just go, you know what you do you like, like that's your, that's your perception of God and another person over here or me, we might think something a little bit different. And and I just think that we need to become a little more comfortable with it all being okay. I I totally agree. I mean, I think, I think that's the theme of this, you know, this new post Trump era is like, we don't have to be mad at each other. Mm -hmm. We don't, and we can disagree Mm -hmm. and be okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, our friend Chris, who's also a listener, he's always reminding me like, you know, you can't get frustrated with people that aren't on the same journey as you, you know, like, uh, Glenna Doyle phrases it as don't ask people for advice who aren't on your path. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're sabotaging your own journey Mm -hmm. to be like, well, let me just check in with someone who's completely not on the same wavelength <laughs> as me to make sure I'm on the right path. Well, that's never going to go well, you know? Well, and then it also makes me think that I think there's the other end of that spectrum that is something to be aware of, too, is that, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, some people try to interpret scripture to fit what they want it to say. And the reality is, is it's like, I think that's dangerous too, whether it's scripture or any other holy text. Um, you know, it's, it's like if, if you're basically shaping your spirituality to work for what you want your life to look like, I think there's, there's something to be said for caution in that as well. Yeah. But I also think that brings up the whole idea of like, you know, scripture was written by human beings and mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's like you said, maybe it's a holy text. Um, but that doesn't mean that it is still uh, necessarily relevant in certain, you know, cultural times because it's a completely different cultural time. And the Old Testament mm-hmm. was talking about it. I got to share this. It's just right up the alley of what we're talking about. Um, Juliana Zobrist, who we interviewed here on our podcast, she just wrote the most beautiful blog today. Um, June is a pride month so happy pride to all of our lgbtq plus friends (laughs) um she wrote this 
This is a response I wrote to someone in our community who uses the Romans one letter from Paul as a reason for standing against the LGBTQ community. This is an extremely common retort I hear from Christians and is something I address publicly and privately over DM. I thought could be helpful uh, and clarifying for everyone who wants to hear my perspective on it. Hello, friend. This is a community where all faiths, every gender, race, ability, sexual orientation, and creative expression are welcome. To address your concern directly, I am LGBTQ affirming and celebrating in my personal life and here on this platform. The verse you quoted is an easy out button to permit oppression within the Christian church. I know because I come from it and was myself complicit within it for years. I could point out that the word unnatural in the Romans passage you reference is the same word used for the horror Paul expressed over women have unnatural short hair. Hmm. Interesting, right? Mm -hmm. I could also point out that the Bible arguably never addresses loving and committed homosexual relationships. But I think perhaps the clearest thing that I can say is that I reject any scripture from the Bible or elsewhere that promotes hate, inequality, or oppression. Therefore, I reject and do not adhere to the verses in the Bible that condone slavery, genocide, rape, female subjugation, and every type of oppression. My God, my Jesus is love. Gosh, I love her. The absolute truth that I live by is Amago Day. I speak about this a lot on my page. So anything out of alignment with love or in conflict with Amago Day is not for me and is never something I will support, no matter how many Bible verses are thrown at it. I hope this helps clarify and explain why you will f- find little support here for a love the sinner, hate the sin kind of perspective. You are absolutely welcome here, but homophobia is not. By love we go, Jules. Mm. Hot diggity damn. Hot diggity damn. And and one thing, and this might upset you, Moose, because I, you know, I like to be diplomatic and all of that. I think Diplomatic is the word I was looking yes. for. I kept saying delegate. <laughs> you were using diplomacy when you were telling yeah. me why you had these crushes. Yeah. That's what I was trying to yeah. get at. Sorry. Yeah. That. And so I'm going to do it again. And if you get annoyed by it, well, we'll just deal with that right here live on the podcast. Um, I, I think that, you know, right now, because it is Pride Month, it's like, yes, that can be directed at that subject. I think that can be broadly directed at any sort of judgment. Yeah, for sure. You know, and and I think it I, I really think it should be and and period. That's what I think. I love it. Moose, I gotta talk to you about Frankie and Vinny. Okay, what's up? What I wanna know is why in the world do these dogs not get a monthly shipment from BarkBox? Oh my gosh, they do! <laughs> I knew it! We freaking love BarkBox in this family. When it comes and it's sitting on the front doorstep, they freak out and they get so pissed if it's an Amazon box. Yeah, it's like every time there's a package on the doorstep, my dogs also are like, what? That's our bark box. And whenever it is the bark box, they definitely know it because there's something scrumptious and amazing in there for them. Are you just so just in absolute awe of the genius that gets put into the different toys that go in each box? Like the way they're themed? It is the cutest thing. My favorite was there was a pirate theme uh, sometime last year and um, we got uh, a patch and put it over Vinny's eye and he walked around looking like the little pirate guy that was in the box. 
That's amazing. And then my favorite one was Halloween from two years ago. Um, they sent this thing that it was like a rectangle that was about like a six inch by three inch rectangle that was green felt and it had an RIP squeaky thing on it that was like a headstone. And so it was a grave plot. And I always, in Belle Belle's voice, I always say that she doesn't say her L's right. So we got her grave plot. <laughs> Wave plot. Her wave plot is still one of her favorite toys that she plays with. So each box that we get every month, the dogs and I go nuts over. It's themed based on a holiday or kind of a time of season or whatever. And it's always got amazing dog treats and really fun surprises for you and your dogs. So since 2011, BarkBox has been putting these amazing, unique boxes together for you and your furry friends. So we would love to offer you a discount on subscribing to BarkBox and it helps the Cat and Moose podcast. Go to catandmoosepodcast.com and click on support us and you'll get a discount from BarkBox. I have one more thing I need to talk about when it comes to the internet. Oh no. So have you been reading about these uh, men who are wearing skirts? Okay, just consider the question that you just asked. Have I been reading about? First of all, I don't read really well without falling asleep. And if I do, it is definitely not on the internet. So no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so basically in Spain, this young man decided that he was personally a feminist, which I love. um, And he decided he was going to wear a skirt to school. And, um, and so all of these male teachers in Spain are starting to wear skirts because the boy was expelled for wearing one. No. Yes. And so they're calling it, um, La Ropa No Tiene Genero. I don't know if that's right, but it basically translates to clothes have no gender. And, uh, anyway, this kid was expelled and he, he shares about it and he said, Today, I felt like going to class with a skirt. So I asked my friend if she had one because I wanted to go to class wearing a skirt. That's it. Besides, I saw a feminist movement where guys were wearing skirts in other countries and I wanted to do the same. Amazing kid. But I just love that the teachers basically went against their own, you know, Mm -hmm. their own leadership and policy. And I mean, I got to tell you, it's like the cutest thing in the world. All these men with their hairy legs wearing skirts. So I'm going to post that as well on Instagram. guys. It just makes me think of um, like Scottish dudes like stomping around with bagpipes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not far from that, honestly. But it just made me think like that's so interesting, like that we actually have clothes that are gender specific, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think is also interesting is that, you know, we talk about our clients, we talk about the different roles that we have in the music industry. And I got to be a part of a masterclass interview today. What do you think about that? I was so proud of you. You were the only female on the panel and you totally kicked ass. Uh, Like Sarah and I watched with our hands under our chin, like that's our friend. Oh, that's so sweet. Why do you think I kicked ass? Well, I just thought that you brought the reality, you know, the whole, the entire masterclass was on, you know, it was hosted by, um, the gospel music association and it was managers from all over the industry. But I just felt like you, you owned the idea that, um, <laughs> it's not all just roses. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I think mm-hmm. there's a, there was like several hundred people on there 
And, you know, I, I, some of them probably are artists and some of them are probably wanting to get into the music industry. And I just thought you were very honest and, um, and shared like it's, you know, and you were the only one to talk about in COVID where they said that it was difficult because live music was shut down. You're the one that brought in the comment about, you know, yeah, but our artists were also writing songs and that's another Mm -hmm. form of income. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you for watching. It meant so much to me to know that you and producer Sarah were on the other end watching. And one of the things that, that I also find interesting is, is I got a handful of text messages from people going, you did great. Like you said, great things. And I'm like, well, I don't think anybody's going to text me and go like, you really sucked. You know, like I, I don't, I don't think that's in most people's um, you know, on most people's to-do list. And at the same time, the thing that I struggled with the whole time is I struggled with, am I here only because I'm a female? Yeah, I, I thought the same question. I mean, I don't think that's the case. I think when people think of managers in our industry, you come up because you're very influential and have great relationships. But I, I happen to think the same thing of mm-hmm. like, interesting, like, because they're, it yes, it felt like there could have been a oh make sure we slip a female in there, but we might just be also quite cynical. Yeah, <laughs> well, you think you think there's a potential for that at all? <laughs> As someone who sat in a boardroom at a major record label for ten years and was the only woman in the leadership table, I think that some cynicism has to come with what we do. Yeah, it it definitely does. And one thing that I brought up on that um, interview today, and I brought it up with the other managers on the call before they invited the, you know, the people who had registered to actually watch the discussion. Um, I brought this up and what I'm holding up right now is a pink uh, traffic ticket. And it's from the Tennessee Highway Patrol Multiple Offense Citation Department. And this is a traffic ticket that I got um in February of 2019 that I actually have not paid. And so it just reminded me about our story about me getting arrested when I picked up a third of Wilson Phillips from the airport. I have another outstanding traffic violation that chances are there probably is another warrant out for my arrest. Listen, please, Lord, do not get arrested again. I don't want to get arrested again. And if I do get arrested again, I hope it is at the same level that I got arrested last time so that a great story comes from it. Okay, you said that you learned something special and you've been like teasing me with it and said you'll talk about it on the podcast. Can you please tell me what that was? Okay, yes, I will tell you what it is, but I'm going to need you to sit down. I'm sitting. I'm going to need you to hold either armrest on either side of your chair. Okay. This better be good. Okay. So has been keeping up to speed and taking classes and getting certifications to lead clients in the use of psychedelics. Shut up. Are you freaking kidding me? I am not kidding you. Oh my God. We're going to get to do shrooms finally. (laughs) Well, it's funny. I said to her today, I said, look, like, like Moose and Sarah and I have been trying to figure out, is there an opportunity where we can do psychedelics? And I think you just answered our question and she just kind of closed her eyes and nodded. And she was like, that, that could be in the realm of possibility in the future when it becomes legal in the state of Tennessee. Oh gosh, we got to wait till it's legal. I mean, it should be legal soon actually. And those of you who are like, Oh my God, they've gone off the deep ends. Like just Google the words 
um, Johns Hopkins and psilocybin. It's a real thing. It's totally a real thing. It's a therapeutic thing that people are doing and it's helping break um, PTSD, you know, um, addictions, all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. So anyway, that is so freaking exciting, Kat. Sarah's not up here now, but I cannot wait to tell her because we have been talking about like, what if even one session of that just can have some breakthrough for each of us. Right. Like I, I I thought to myself, I thought, of course you are like, of course you're studying this because like, like the, the healing therapeutic process that I've been going through for the past 18 months continues to blow my mind at how amazing these people are who study the healing arts and the various different ways that they do. And I'm not saying that, you know, psychocybins and that kind of therapy is for everyone. I, I don't even know that it's for me, you know, like she and I talked today about how it might not be for me because of my diabetes you know it might be something that like oh gosh we'll just hire a freaking medic to sit outside (laughs) I mean maybe so I guess the whole thing being that um I just found it really cool and and kind of synchronistic that I just could not wait to share it with you that not not has she been like reading about it on the internet like she's been taking classes like she's been like getting certified in things so that when it is time for her to be able to step into that space that she's actually able to facilitate that. And I just thought, man, that is so cool. I can see that in our future. Oh my gosh. This is so exciting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, I hope we just roll around on the floor <laughs> with like just barfing and, no. and like it's no, listen, cause it'll be this hugely intimate thing where we no. end up being there. No, I don't want to barf with any of them or with you. I love you and I don't want to barf together. What I would like to have is a really cool experience together. Yeah. I mean, just so you know, barfing can be part of it. No, I don't want to barf. Well, here's the deal. If it means getting some deep shit out of you that wouldn't come out otherwise it's either that or you know we're gonna have to hire a priest (laughs) i know plenty of priests we don't have to hire any of them i know one who preaches on the sea of galilee in israel like we can go to that guy free of charge what i don't want to do well i would be willing to barf if it got rid of my diabetes i would be so happy to barf well who who knows man like seriously I can tell you this, it might get rid of all of your anxiety that you have around, Mm. you know, your diabetes, like, you know, all the fears and stuff that you have, like it could get rid of that. My bigger question is, why do you have priests that owe you favors to come and give us an exorcism? <laughs> I didn't say that I had priests who owe me favors. That sounds so awful and is not true. Oh my gosh, it is not true. I'm just saying if throughout my career, I have become acquainted with many priests around the world who are some of the most awesome humans I've ever met. I know monks, I know priests, I know pastors and um, some really, really cool people and, and one is um, someone who introduced me to this mural at um, a place called Magdala House that sits right on the Sea of Galilee. And the mural is called The Encounter. And it's basically the 16 foot wide by eight foot tall painting of all these different people's feet, which you think like, well, how weird is that? 
and it's pretty awesome. And so the only thing that is, is, um, not a foot in the picture other than like the hems of the different, which by the way, those dudes were wearing skirts. Hello. Oh yeah. We're just basically bringing back Jesus. Yeah. We're bringing back the times of Christ. You guys, um, the only thing that wasn't a foot or a robe or a sandal in that picture is a picture of a woman's hand that is touching the hem of Jesus's garment. Um, and it, it corresponds with that scripture that says, and he felt the energy go out from him, you know? And I really felt like, okay, I think what that means to me is Jesus was one of the most ultimate body workers. And so I have that in my, uh, body work studio. Oh, wow. I think we need t-shirts that say we're bringing back the times of Christ (laughs) y'all. Hey, I love it. (laughs) I, I want one that says Jesus was the ultimate body worker. I like that. We should just make those. I don't think anybody would want it except my bodywork friends, which is more than enough because we've got listeners now. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Terry, for texting us from your drive to Montana. And thank you, Amanda, for listening. And thank you to everybody else in the bodywork community and who have been my friends and instructors along the way so far who are listening. We really, really appreciate it. And I have an opportunity for you, Moose, this Saturday. Oh, what if I'm not here? Oh, that's a problem. But tell me, maybe uh, my sister can let me stay here in town. Well, you can tell your sister that I'm hosting a cuddle puddle at my house on Saturday. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is it in the pool? That's why it's a puddle? Well, it, it's, it's a cuddle puddle because that's what your sister calls it, who is also a massage therapist. Um, we are having a what we are calling a mega trade on Saturday where a bunch of um, my student colleagues and I um, are getting together. And we think we have enough people to reenact full body unwinding. And I was going to invite you to it. Well, do I get to be unwind wound? Yeah. Really? Because yeah. I'm not changing my plans unless I get a full body unwind. You get a full body unwind on Saturday if you decide to change your plans and your sister can come too. Okay. I'm going to pray about it. Um, that <laughs> is that where you all stand around me and have a seance? <laughs> no, that's what you <laughs> called it. one of one of your uh was it your teachers or one of your people said they would love to do that with moose and producer sarah oh yeah no it was it was one of my teachers it was one of our listeners andrea she said hey if you guys want to do that please sign me up and we should record it and share it with patrons so you guys might get to see some legit full body unwinding i mean it would be no more scandalous than the yanni steams experience Oh, gosh. I mean, that is going to go down in the books, man. Which, by the way, patrons, I'm disappointed in you. And I hate to say that, but, like, nobody, like, was in awe of our video. Like, that was very vulnerable. And you guys need to go back and watch it and put lots of comments under there. Because <laughs> we almost showed you areas that you didn't even want to see. So you're welcome. <laughs> I, I think that you're actually making, like, a very broad strokes assumption that people were not engaged with that. People didn't comment on it. It might have been that they felt like I do when I'm in the office with my vet. Oh, they were like giggly and like, oh my God, I want a piece of them. I want to have sex with cat and moose. Right. And then you can't, you don't want to really say that in a comment, you know? That's fair. That's fair. Socially inappropriate. That's probably exactly what happened. Yeah, I think that's what happened. And I think that's why it's like, didn't you say we got like multiple new patrons last week? (laughs) We did. So maybe that's what happened. Okay. Speaking of, we have a patron that wrote in, uh, Tanya uh, said, okay, y'all. So I'm so anal. I went back to the beginning of the podcast 
to listen to the episodes in order, which I'm so freaking impressed with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The same way I read magazines, which means sometimes I don't read my magazines because I lose my place. And then she said, but I'm answering the March 29th question. My downtown name last show I watched drum roll virgin river i mean i thought that that was so amazing (laughs) she's a though i'm just a five dollar a month patron i'm totally in with all you do best tanya Uh, i mean seriously like that means the world to us i tease about you guys not leaving comments i am so freaking thankful it's fun to have a community sometimes people think that we don't really want to hear from them but like when we get an email a text or a phone call I mean, it is, it literally changes our day. We text each other and we just like giggle over it and we go back and forth sending voice memos and like, we love our people. So it's funny. Even my friend, uh, Ruthie, she was like, I didn't know if that would be something you guys actually care about. And I'm like, please, that's how we stay. Otherwise we're just doing this with looking at each other and not sure if anyone ever connects with what we say. Well, that's true. And I really, um, I, I was challenged by our friend and listener, Amanda, who is now in Mexico living in Mexico, (gasps) by the way. Okay. So, so regroup for people who may have missed the episode. We talked about Amanda. Okay. So Amanda is one of my instructors from school and has become a dear friend, which she wasn't allowed to do until after she was my instructor. And so that was cool. And then in front of you and producer, Sarah, she said that I was a brown noser, which was really, really, man, that was a tough pill to swallow, but it's well, maybe you leaned in with your mouth open again. Yeah, I probably did. Um, anyway, so Amanda, um, has decided at this juncture in her life, her mom, um, really wants to live in Mexico based on a vacation that they took there. And, um, her and her mom, they sold, their property. They got rid of all of their worldly belongings, half of which Amanda gave me. I've got books about Reiki for dogs. I've got some new crystals. I've got a yin yang keychain. I've got a yin yang necklace. I mean, I have got the Tao Te Ching that I'm really looking forward to reading. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that Amanda left me with, and I'm, I'm very, very happy about that. And she and her mother decided to basically pick up their entire lives and move to Mexico. Mexico. And so as of this past weekend, they have been in Mexico. And she said that her and her mom were listening to this past week's episode of the podcast while they were unpacking. So hi, Amanda. And hi, Rockin' Mama. We are so glad that you are listeners and that you're a patron. And what I was going to say is Amanda told me that she has left us comments that have gone unresponded to. Wait, like on Facebook or Instagram or what? On Patreon. Oh, wait a second. She is the only person that actually responded to our Yanni Steams. So let me actually read it. Amanda, you have called us out and we are here to deliver. Um, (laughs) And while you're looking for that, what I will say to those of you who are patrons is that we don't want you to be patrons because of your money. Like Tanya, you saying you're only a five uh, $5 a month patron. We don't care about the money. We care about building the community and you're a really big part of doing that. So thank you so much for doing that. And while you're still looking for that moose, I'm going to read a text that I got from Andrea. She said, Terry and I are on a road trip to Montana. Funny story for another time. And she just listened to the podcast with me. We laughed so hard. Also, Terry <laughs> says, if you think you feel it, you do. 
Also, you've been doing this for only 10 weeks. Also, I rarely feel all the things. Intention and focus and awareness is what I go for. I feel the quote unquote ear handles occiput, some listening stations. There, I said it. Also, I highly recommend taking Upledger Craniosacral Therapy 1. I want to take it again. It went so much deeper than this class. And having had this class, we were so much further along than the other students. Also, I love when you and Moose get to laughing really loud. Do that more. Listener Andrea and listener Terry. Oh, I love it. By the way, Chris and Paula, you guys did respond to the Yanni Steams. Amanda, you did not. So you get a little pop on the ass for that. Uh, Chris said, this is pretty much the funniest damn thing I have watched in easily a year. So we only beat out, beat out 365 days, but I'll take it. Tears running down my face. Thank you. Good Lord, you guys. So amazing. Paula said, oh my God, I needed this today. Thank you (laughs) for your bravery and sharing this gem. It was brave because I looked giant in that video. I don't know what it was, but holy moly, I felt like a giant. Okay. Um, which by the way, we have a friend that calls Lane Bryant, the store Lane Giant. And I think it's the funniest (laughs) thing ever. She said to me just the other day, I said, what is that package that you have right there? And she goes, oh, it's a return to Lane Giant. (laughs) (laughs) Like she like and her humor is just so damn funny. Oh, by the way, we did a poll on Patreon and I asked basically why people listen and they apparently really like us. Like everybody was like all the above. Um, But the, the answers were you make me laugh. You guys talk about real shit. You guys are super weird and I can't look away and uh, all of the above. So that was fun too. That's awesome. If you're not a patron, you got to get on here, guys. We're expanding and we're doing as much as we can um, to bring new content. So thank you, patrons. And Amanda, I really am going to look for these messages. I I can't. Well, she told me the question that she asked is, have you ever um, recommended or even required your partner or significant other or close friend to go to therapy for the relationship to continue or something like that. Interesting. I've never required it because I don't think it's, um, something you can ask. I don't know. A requirement feels right to me, but I have highly suggested it, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is what her question was, is have you ever recommended it or or suggested it? I, I put required in there because I kind of feel like any, any even remotely intimate relationship I have, which apparently are very many, according to you, (laughs) I have required that those people, uh, uh, be in consistent, uh, therapeutic consultation. I think it's so important because there's only so much that you can do together there, you know, you have to keep growing individually. So, um, 100%, I think it's so healthy for both to individually have different counselors. Yeah, me too. I love you, cat. I love you, moose. Have a great week, everybody. Special thanks to our producer, Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.